Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. So um, I want to uh, continue in our We Are Coastline series, and we're kind of coming into the end. In fact, next week is Anniversary Sunday, and that's a very special day. It's Heart for the House. So I'll be talking a little bit about that today, but I want to keep true to where we've been all this time, and that is that we've been in the book of Isaiah, and Isaiah has become this really rich study spot for us in regard to our own values as a church family, and we're talking about generosity. We've been talking about money. We'll do that for one more week after this uh, as we come next week into our special offering, but I want to read you a verse about the people of God as Isaiah prophesied over them through the work of the Messiah that has touched our lives. Amen? The work of Jesus has touched our lives. And so allow this to apply to your heart. Here's what it says in verse 9. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I just really love this verse. It says so much to us that, you know, God has an inheritance for us. Amen? We read about that last week. An inheritance, a double portion. God has a blessing for us. And the inheritance is is about legacy. Do you see that? The inheritance is about legacy. It's about what God is doing next. It's about God bringing us the blessing of seeing the next generation do what God has called them to do. You know, we're actually going to be known not by ourselves, but by who comes after us. And so there's something powerful about this. And I want you to know that the reason why we spend the time to talk about giving, the reason why we spend the time to talk about the house is because we want to leave a legacy for who's coming up behind us. Amen? We want to hand the church to the next generation in strength and in capacity. And so today I'm going to talk about over and above giving. Last week we talked about tithing. We talked about a faithful heart. And if you missed that message, I'd encourage you to take a look at it. Um, You can find it online. I I think it's a very important message. This one equally important um, because generosity is a value of ours as a church family. It's a value we've carried for generations. We've always been a strong missions giver. Church, We've always thought about the world, thought beyond ourselves. And as a result, God has blessed our church because we've been a blessing. But this comes last in our series, and, and, and purposefully, because I want you to know that your church loves you, your leadership loves you, we want to serve you. And so I hope you've seen that throughout this We Are Coastline series. We want to serve you. So that's why we talk about your salvation, your freedom, your growth, your development. But now we're talking about what God has called us to together. Because values are not just individual. If it's a value, it has to be a corporate value. We're a church family. And so the value has to be here for all of us. So before we ask you to serve the house, before we ask you to consider your generosity toward what God is doing here, we wanted to serve you. And I want you to know that for months we've been praying. And there's a couple of specific things that are in my heart 
for our church family when it comes to generosity and finance. We've been praying that whatever stronghold that holds us back from feeling released to be generous would be broken and that there would also be just an openness when we talk about this. Because what I've seen with people is um, this is a conversation that feels very personal. And so what ends up happening is often we look to protect ourselves. And I understand that. We look to um, maybe insulate ourselves a little bit from the potential impact that that might have on us. But I've been praying that their stronghold would be broken when it comes to our financial lives and that there would be this beautiful openness as we have these conversations. And so I want you to understand that from my heart to yours, giving over and above is actually where generosity begins. Giving over and above is where generosity begins. What we talked about last week is our duty as followers of Jesus. What we're talking about now is that overflow. Um, You saw the table illustration that I did. In fact, I think we have a photo of that from last week. And we have the two tables. And on one table is the 90% of what God has given us. On the other table is the 10%. And so what we were talking about last week is give God what is is, um, is the first. Give him the best. Give him what, what he deserves and then he'll bless the rest. And now I want to talk to you about the 90%, about that overflow. And that's why we use the term above and beyond because we recognize that that's what we're talking about. You see, when we start to function in generosity, we start asking different questions. We stop asking the question, how much do I have to give, which we dealt with a little bit last week, and we start asking these different questions. How much can I give? How much should I keep? That's an interesting question, right? All of a sudden, what do I do with the 90 that God has given me? And we start to reflect as we step into a consumer season. You realize that. It's still October, but Christmas is coming, right? Um, I, I went away this week, had, was at a conference, and I came back to find um, Amazon charges on my credit card because it's Christmas, and Lisa found some Amazon, what was it? Am, Amazon what? Prime Days? Yeah, so Prime Days have already hit us, friends. And so I bring this point to you simply to say, there's times where we have to ask ourselves, Lisa, did we need that item? <laughs> You know, another, another question that generosity brings to the surface is, listen, do I have enough margin in my finances so I can actually be generous when the moment comes? Do I have that margin? And I think that's really a struggle for many of us. But, you know, last week we talked about an issue of struggle, struggling to move beyond just kind of sporadic giving and into tithing, into that kind of consistent giving that's percentage-based. And there's a struggle with that. But there's also a struggle when we move beyond that and we think about the 90. It's easy to feel like, oh, I did my part. I gave it the office, you know? And I I get that. In fact, I've told you before that if everybody did tithe, all the needs would certainly be met and beyond, not just in our church, but in the world, right? Like if the church in North America tithed. You heard me talk about that last week. But I I think it's a, a, a new struggle when we start to say, what do we do with the 90? It asks new questions and it causes a new tension in us. And I I guess the question that I was asking myself as I was preparing the message is, why is giving away our money such a big deal to us? Why is that? And, And some of you might say, well, it's because we need it. We live in Victoria, after all, right? We need it. And and I want to say, that may be the truth for some. You know, that they they could make a legitimate case for that. There are people who could say, I literally don't have enough money. 
And, and again, I think those are real issues that I just want to acknowledge. You, uh, but can I just maybe press a little bit on this? For the most of us, we still spend money on more than just the essentials, right? For the most of us, we have a little bit of money to allocate for fun, for entertainment, for eating out, for going to the hockey game or, or the soccer game or the football game or out for a movie. We, you know, so, so why is it that it's so hard for us to give away our money even though we're just going to spend it on non-essentials? Why does it still seem so hard? I've certainly felt that. I've battled with it. And I want you to know because I believe that there is a spiritual battle going on. And that spiritual battle shows up in our use of our money. It shows up there a lot, often. The, the scripture uses a, an interesting word. It's called mammon. And mammon is something I want to talk about for just a minute. We deal with mammon in our freedom um, material, our, our freedom small groups. We deal with mammon because it's a real issue. And let's look at a verse from Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus is teaching in verse 24. And he says, no one can serve two masters. For he will either, he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. And then he makes this statement, you cannot serve God and mammon. Now, in some versions, it might say money, bad translation. Mammon is important. Mammon is important to acknowledge. The reason why is because mammon was actually an ancient Syrian god. And it was the god of riches and the god of wealth. And, 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 and in other words, you worship this god if you want to get wealthy. This is the God you worship. And so when the scriptures use the term mammon, they're elevating that idea that there's a spirit that's at work behind the way we use our money, the way we use our resources. And greed is the dominant emotion here. The, the spirit of mammon is alive and well today in our world. And this spirit can influence you even right now. And it's why giving is so difficult. It's so hard. See, money itself is inanimate, right? I mean, it goes where you tell it to go. That's why you can have a budget. If it was not inanimate, it would go where it wants to go. But if you have a budget, you realize you can put your money where you want it. So this isn't a conversation firstly and chiefly about money. It's about the wrong spirit that can be at work in the use of your money. And money isn't good or bad. But if money becomes something you love, then the spirit of mammon will begin to control you. And here's a verse to help you understand this. 1 Timothy 6, verse 10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, and here's the spirit of mammon, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. It, it reinforces that idea that Jesus is saying, you can't serve me and your money. It doesn't work. 
You have to take control of that spirit. So this is mammon at work right here. Mammon wants to hinder you from being generous. In fact, I'm going to ask Oliver to come and give me a hand with something that I think will help us see this a little bit. Um, Because the reason why mammon wants to hinder you from being generous is because your generosity, thank you, Oliver's going to help me here. Your generosity actually does something powerful. Keep going. But not too much. You know, I do have to preach here, right? Like, <laughs> seriously. Like, like okay, that's, that's probably good. I think I'm good here. I'm getting dizzy. So. Thanks. Oliver's a little dizzy. But here's the picture for you. You see, our generosity is one of the ways that we connect with God. When you give, there's an intimacy in it. Why? Because your God is generous. And you become an emblem of his generosity. You actually connect with him in a special way when you emulate him. And he is a giving God, a generous God. And so what ends up happening is the spirit of mammon, the goal of mammon is to block the connection and the intimacy. And we get wrapped up in it. You know, the truth is, is we can grab on to money. We can hold on to money. We desire it. And, and mammon causes us to say, hey, I'd like to give, but I, I can't. I just, I can't give. I'd like to give, but I can't do it. Mammon starts speaking to us and says, that money's yours. Like you worked hard for that money. It's all yours. You deserve it. And then here we are in this season of of recession. And that's where fear kicks in. Listen, you better keep it all because you don't know what's going to happen. Just in case. You better hold on to all of it. Just in case. Just in case it doesn't go the way that you think it should. And, and, and so you end up living with your arms tied down. And, and you, you, know, you go out to eat with a friend and you're like, oh, I'll get the check. Oh, I'll get the, I'll get the uh, okay. That's mammon. It's at work. It's a lack of generosity. And honestly, it's a bondage. It's not a freedom anymore. And so how does God help us break free from the spirit of mammon? Well, by, it starts with the tithe. One hand, and I'm free. This hand is now free because I'm releasing to God what is his, and I'm in freedom. And the other is to get that hand out here and say, no, 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 I'm going to be generous. And the truth is, what ends up happening to us is mammon's still there. It's always lurking around. But I can be free from it. I can say, I want to give. I'm going to be generous. I want to give out of the overflow. It's praise to God. I'm no longer bound up like this. I can be generous. But mammon is always lurking. It's at the mall. It's at the dealership. It's at the golf store when you're looking at those new clubs, even though your clubs are probably still fine, right? It's everywhere. And it's always lurking there. And so there's a need for us to say, hey, I'm going to tithe, I'm going to give, I'm going to be generous, and I'm going to be free, and I'm going to be careful because mammon is always lurking around at my feet. You stay right there. I'm going to keep my eye on you. See, some of us have actually believed a lie, and it comes from this spirit. We've believed a lie that we cannot give. We've believed a lie that, that, that there is nothing that we can do to help advance the kingdom when it comes to our finances, and the enemy loves it. And so breaking free of the spirit of mammon is giving and being generous, and you will be free. And so there's one of two spirits at work in your money. It's the spirit of mammon, or it's the Holy Spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom. And so that's... 
Yeah, amen. That's what the Lord wants to lead us into. And so when we talk about over and above giving, which is what I'm talking about today, and we're talking about it here at Coastline Church, we do that through Kingdom Builders. And Kingdom Builders is a wonderful, radical way to move kingdom, the kingdom of God forward through our generosity. And, and we're doing everything we can to raise funds, to send it out, to bless people, to fight off that sense of we need more. And it's, it's you know, tough here, but we want to give and we want to be generous. And so like, you know, if you even just simple things, like you go to the cafe, you'll find that we have these mugs there. Um, and we've talked a little bit about the mugs. And some of you are going like, oh, no, I'm good. I have a mug. Yeah, but when you buy this mug, you give $10 to Kingdom Builders. Plus, you get a mug that says, I go to Coastline Church. Right? When you give, when you buy these things, you're actually supporting Kingdom Builders. Proceeds from these go to Kingdom Builders. When you buy our coffee, we want to feed your habit, but we also want to feed the hungry. And so when you buy our coffee, that's a slogan. Somebody should write that down. Um, <laughs> truth is, is our coffee's good coffee. But it's great coffee because it's got the right spirit. Eight or nine, depending on how much we get, them, get the coffee for, eight to nine dollars of every bag goes straight to Kingdom Builders. So we're going to feed your habit, but you're also going to help us feed the hungry. And so let's do that together. And so these are places where we're just saying, like, how can we give more? How can we do it together? And so, yeah, sure, you could probably find a cheaper mug at the dollar store. First of all, that's a great mug. But secondly, it serves the kingdom. So buy a mug. Get a coffee bag. Like, you know, if you want us to grind it up, we'll grind it up for you, won't we? Yeah. Yes, I see, yes. It's, it's whole bean coffee, but we'll grind it. No excuse. Let's buy Coastline Coffee and let's, let's uh, serve the world. So Kingdom Builders really has three priorities. And I'm just sharing this with you because I want you to know it. The first one is global outreach. In other words, we have these global partners that we want them to be blessed. And so we, through our general giving, actually support them monthly so that they can eat and live indoors, which is a really good thing when you live you know, abroad. But then they have dreams in their heart. They have vision. And so Kingdom Builders helps fund that vision. So all their projects, um, right now I want to raise money for uh, Kim Hodgkiss because we want to pay for her to have a new van. She's in Honduras. She picks up girls, puts them in the back of her. I've seen photos. They get so many of these young girls in that vehicle. Her, her ministry is so beautiful. I wish I had time to explain it. But basically, she takes girls out of the villages and the remote areas around Trujillo. And she rescues them from like getting pregnant at 11 or 12 years old. And they put them through a skills development program where, where they get to stay, they get to live, they get to develop. And then what ends up happening is they get a trade or they get to go on to further education, depending upon their skill level. But they leave with a sewing machine, with um, a skill to use it, and they can start their own business so they're not completely subjected to whatever um, elements might be out there that are unpleasant for them. And there's a lot of them. These, these girls are at high risk. And so she's worn out her van. She just told me. She said, hey, I'm just so thankful that you're talking about this van because we just broke down on the side of the road yesterday. It's just time for a new van. So I'd like to raise $20,000 for that. 
Um, but this is the kind of stuff that we do with Kingdom Builders. Another part of Kingdom Builders is local church expansion. And so that's our local outreach, all the stuff we do. And I could give you a long list of the things that we do in the city with our markets, with Cridge, with um, a lot of different stuff. Even this year, something special we were able to do is we gave baskets uh, to all the police officers that were affected by the shooting that was up um, in, um, in Gordon Head area. And, and so we are able to do that kind of stuff on your behalf you know, Coastline Church loves you. We're praying for you. And so it's those kind of places where we get to be involved, outreach with, um, with, um, uh, with the city. We also use that money for church planting. We helped uh, Forest City Church plant their church. Um, and, and we continue to use that for building development as well with what you see going around here. And then there's also the, the, the third priority, which is future Christian leaders. And that's about training and releasing the young. You've heard me talk about that. So that's internships and camps and apprenticeships, Bible college funds and next-gen outreaches, all of that stuff that we get to do through Kingdom Builders because God's people are faithful. And there's so much more. In fact, I want you to know that already this year through Kingdom Builders, you, the generous people of Coastline Church, have given over $220,000 for Kingdom Builders. Praise God. We just give it away. We just, get to, we just get to bless and we get to serve and we get to be the love of Jesus extended. We're already done that. In fact, I just have, I think it's a really quick video, but I, would you mind seeing a video uh, from one of the Ukrainian pastors that we helped him buy a van? Do you want to see it? I think we've got it for you. It's a real quick video. So take a look at this. You'll have to read the subtitles because uh, he is speaking in Ukrainian. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. So that's the stuff your Kingdom Builders Dollars is doing. It's such a joy, such a blessing. And so I'm really thankful for that. And of course, we're coming into a special season with Kingdom Builders, which is our Heart for the House season. And that's really what we're gearing up for um, in, uh, in just one more Sunday. But let me give you a principle for over and above giving. It comes from 2 Corinthians 9. I want to read this passage with you. It says, remember this. The reason why is because it's easy to forget. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now just let the word of God just wash over you. Listen, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way 
so that you can be generous on every occasion. Isn't that great? And through us, which is Coastline Church, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Come on, those missionaries say, thank you, God, for this provision. Those who have received backpacks going back to school, thank you, God, for that provision. This good work is the above and beyond work. Why? Because God just keeps pouring it out on us. God just keeps giving us, and he gives us more. Not so that we can just accumulate, but so that we can be generous on every occasion. And so that's the principle that we're working with here. Me saying above and beyond giving is because I trust that God is good. I trust that God is good to you. I trust that God is blessing you. Don't stop the flow. Don't stop the flow because God wants to do more. He wants to just keep doing more. And, and, and it's going to result in thanksgiving to God. Be a conduit, not a reservoir. Be a conduit. Let, the, let, it, let it like a river flow through your life. So you might be saying, okay, Andy, what should I give to kingdom builders? Verse 7 was a verse we touched on last week. And it, it says a couple of really key things. Uh, first of all, it says you should decide in your heart. And I think that's really important. Just hear, my, hear me today, hear my heart. You pray, and whatever God says, do that. That's how it works. I want you to connect to the, to the Lord and hear him. I don't want you to do anything less or anything more than what God puts in your heart, the Holy Spirit, not the spirit of mammon, but the Holy Spirit. What is the Spirit saying to you? Some give monthly to kingdom builders. We, we see that every month, which really helps because sometimes those projects come in throughout the year. And if everybody just gives at one time, then we may not have those resources. Some do that, though. They'll say, I'm going to give, you know, uh, this amount, 5K or 1K or whatever it is this year. And, and some do a percentage. So I'm doing my tithing for 10%. I'm going to do another 1% for kingdom builders or another 5% or whatever. You, you, you talk to God. Just hear from God and do what he tells you to do because that's really important because God wants to speak to you. And, and the second thing that this verse says is don't do it reluctantly because what is reluctance? Reluctance is the spirit of mammon. Oh, I'd like to, but I can't, I shouldn't. God said, no, 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 I'm not interested in that at all. Get your hands free. Get your hands free and give with joy. That's the next thing it says. It says give cheerfully. This word is an interesting Greek word. It's hilaron. And hilaron, not sort of like hilarious, but it's not. It's hilaron. And the reason why is because this means joyous. There is some laughter in it. It's joyful. It's hilaron means ready to act, already persuaded. I'm, I'm just, I'm in. I'm in. And I think that's what the heart of God is. It's the freedom of the spirit. It's the I'm in. God, you do it. My hands are free. What I have belongs to you. And I'm so excited to give this. I can't wait to see what you do with it. I'm so excited. Charles Spur Spurgeon was once asked, how do you know you are a cheerful giver? And he said, a cheerful giver always wishes he could give 10 times as much. And that's it. Oh, this is so good. Oh, I wish I had more to give, right? That's, that's that abundance that we see in this verse. And, you know, my heart is this, that I hold nothing back because no thing has a hold on me. No thing, no possession, no money, nothing has a hold on me. So I, I don't hold it back. I give it because God is gracious. You know, this is actually something that for us, we have to learn in our context. But Paul, who's, who's preaching this passage to the Corinthians through his writing, he understood this as a Jew 
Because in Hebrew culture, being righteous as a Jew required generosity. In fact, did you know that the Hebrew word for charity and righteousness is the same? It's the same word. It's zedakah. But this word means that the principle is that if I have been made righteous by God, then I'm aware of a need. I have to do something. I just have to. And so this is the heart of Paul. That's what he functions with. I have to do something. It's not somebody else's problem. And can I just say, coming from the U.S. into Canada, I learned some things. And I would suggest that one of the reasons why Canadians give less than Americans do when it comes to Christians is because we think the government ought to do it. We do. And so that means somebody else can pick up the check, right? And because of that, it's actually hindering the flow of righteousness in the church, the charity that flows out of the church. And so I want to reclaim that responsibility, not as a Canadian for the government to do it, but as a Christian, because Coastline Church, as, right, as the righteousness of God in Christ, which is who you are, we must all do something. We have to do something. Maybe I don't have much, but I'll do something. And some of you might say, well, what's the point of my five bucks or my 10 bucks? I want you to think back to the Ukraine crisis. The reason why I was able to show you that video is because of how you gave. You gave your five, you gave your 10, you gave your 100, you gave your 50, and what ended up happening is the next thing we knew, we gave over $100,000 to the people of Ukraine in this time of crisis. Praise God for that. That's the way this works. Everybody doing something. We all got to be a part of it. And that generosity was so flowing in us. And everybody heard from God. And everyone was growing. Because we can now see when we do our part, God does a miracle. That's what he does. It's just the way he works. And he's going to backfill what you give. Because he wants you to give again. So... I'm just believing God is moving in our hearts to set us free. And I want to invite every single person. I want every single person to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. To hear God's voice for yourself. And I know that God has miracles for us as we break free of the spirit of mammon. It's real. You sense it. You know it. And God wants to just deliver us from that. It's a miracle season. I really believe that. It's a miracle season of what God is doing in reclaiming his church. It's a miracle season in this, in this good time that the Lord is moving. And we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to respond in fear. If you notice, I haven't talked today at all about the mounting evils of the world and us insulating ourselves from it. Oh, no, we don't function in fear. We function in great faith. We stand with the one who is greater than he who is in the world. So let's not worry. Let's just be generous. Let's let God use us. And, and so I want to just remind you that next week is a special day, a day of celebration. It's our 99th anniversary next Sunday. That is so great. I just feel... I just feel so humbled to be here in these days. I feel so humbled to be on the, right on the precipice of a hundred. Because God is so faithful. And he has used his people and sustained his church. And so it's a moment of united giving. Every, every heart for the house offering, we just say, thanks God. Thanks for what you've done. 
thanks for another year. And I think there's, at 99, there's kind of a look back, but certainly a look forward. Don't you feel like 100 is just right there? You know, we're excited. It, it creates momentum. It creates life. And we sense that. And so, hey, what can we do for Heart for the House? Could everybody do something? Could we all do something? And, and we're saying, God, we're breaking that spirit of mammon. We will give to see coastline strong and vibrant. Mm. I just want to finish with something that I think is really helpful. Next Sunday, I just want you to come ready to give. And I, I want you to think about this for a minute. I mean, I, I asked the team to set up this table and chairs over here. I want you to just imagine you've gone out to dinner and you have some guests with you at the table. Over here, sitting with you at the table, out for dinner, is our missionary in Egypt. I can't even tell you his name, actually. We can't say that when the, when the video is rolling because he lives and works in a place where it's dangerous to be a Christian. And if you, if you listen to him, he would say to you, Andy, if I just had a bit more money, I could send these next five missionaries into the closed Arab world, into countries that you cannot be a Christian in hostile to the gospel. They're ready. I've trained them because we gave significantly for them to start their fast track training for church planting in the Arab world. And I just need money to send them because it, it's, a, it's an impoverished area. And they're going to have a hard time finding work. And, 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 and we're trying to figure out businesses. Or you'd sit across from that lonely, shy, teenage boy who has a broken home living out in Langford and he just doesn't know that there's hope for him in Jesus and if we could just get him to that ministry house out in the west shore that God has blessed us with if we could just get him there we could put some hope in his heart and, and, and over here over here is that single mom. A single mom who's been through a lot. It's been a rough season. She actually has a restraining order against her husband. She's so lonely. She's stuck. But she can come to church on Sunday and she can drop her children off in this preschool department and in this nursery and know that they're safe. Because that husband can't get in there. It's safe. It's secure. You have to have the tag to get in. And, and so say you have your meal and they share their stories and your, your heart is moved and the check comes. Which one of those are you going to give the check to? No. You're going to take that check and you're going to pay that check and you're going to say that's the least that I can do. That's the least I can do. And so in many ways, friends, that's what I believe we're doing. Is we're just saying, we'll pay the check. We'll pay the check so that these people can send missionaries and find life and safety and find hope and salvation. We'll pick up the check. Amen?
So God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to break the spirit of mammon which wants to control our futures and, and Lord, our church and it's so alive in our world and we just say, no, God. God, we're going to come ready and we're going to believe that you're going to help us to fund all of the good work that you have in our hearts to do, all of the vision from, from the house and Lord, we're going to give, and we're going to give with joy, and we're going to believe, Lord, that what you have for us is greater than we could ever imagine. And Lord, may it result in thanksgiving to God as we give generously in preparation for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>